Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'll be your host this evening as we hopefully don't dwell too much on the on the interesting European campaign and that's the most positive way I could spin it and look ahead to the first of three must-win games for Rangers starting with St. Johnson on Sunday. Um, here to hopefully... Shine a, a glimmer of hope on um, on affairs. First of all, Damie, David Tomlinson, how you doing? Yeah, well, I'd love to say great, but um, <laughs> I'm afraid the, the headache is still a wee bit uh, there. Um, you says we won't dwell on it too long. Dwell on the, the learning curve, as it's true, now called, I believe. We've every played six games and have all been learning curves. I don't know what we've learned. I think it's. I we've learned fuck all. That's the one. <laughs> How we get beat, but um, no, that's uh, that's that's the way. I just I was just saying here as well though that that but I mean and uh, Mason at a disadvantage this week because Davies had a free weekend, so he's fit. He's he's fresh. So that's uh, seemingly that works with the way I act. So if you if you get a free weekend, you're fresh. So Davies had a free weekend, so he must be fresh. Uh, he's the marquee signing tonight, so with <laughs> how are you? I've got to moan at double the rate of you guys tonight then. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catch up with Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, uh, I'm as I've said in my wee uh, moniker, I, I'm I'm over it. I've, I'm I'm putting it behind me. We're just going to concentrate in the league. We're going to be as positive as we can be. It's uh, sunny days ahead, guys. That's it. As the title says, it's one less dis- distraction away from the important stuff in life, which is winning the league. Um, and we will come to that. Last and by no means least, making up the, the foursome tonight, Mason Stewart. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Colin. Um, all i got to say about that Wednesday is thank fuck it's over. 
Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted. I don't want to hear that Champions League music for a while, I'll tell you. Um, but yes, it's, you know, three, three must-win games before the World Cup. So um, that's where we're at at the minute. Absolutely. And... Um... A good evening to all the listeners. Um, we've got some of the usual suspects in the comments. Hello, um, good to have you on as always. And as always, get your questions, insights into the comments and we'll chat through them as they come in. Um, so, David T, I'll, I'll start with you. Um, <coughs> touching on the night's game, I, I, don't, I don't want to do a play-by-play because you, we could really just lift and shift the recordings for any of the other any of the other post-European games, maybe bar Napoli at home. Um, it is pretty much what we've seen in that first game against the Valle. It's a really timid performance, which just led to led to Rangers no believing that they had a chance in the game. And the other team just, they didn't have to work very hard to win. No, not at all. If you think... Um... Calvin Bassey, I don't think he'll have an easier game in, a, in an Ajax shirt than he had on Wednesday night. Just absolutely no pressure on them at all. And Gio says we tried to put forward press on them, but we just couldn't do it. Well, when you're when, when you've got a team that's uh, that's not fit in the first place, um, then yeah, what chance have you got really? And um, yeah. <laughs> Part of the confidence thing is is is, is, is part of Gio's job to get confidence into a team, and if he can't do that, then uh, yeah, don't know what he's what he's doing in training, but we've we've just been so regressing. I mean, we've got a lot of injuries. Let's let's be fair to him that way. We've got a lot of injuries. Um, we're playing with a back uh, four really, which would never ever nor in normal circumstances be in that position. We've been forced to play a, a young eighteen year old boy. Um, the boy's taking a hell of a lot of stick which is very unfair, he's 18 he's a kid and he made made mistakes unfortunately he made one of the mistakes that I hate, is standing with your hand behind your back uh, waiting for a shot to come, to come in instead of moving forward and, and pressing the player with the ball uh, That that's for me is a, a horrible mistake to make it's like the, the Liverpool guy that done it a few weeks ago with the exact same stood with his hands behind his back and no it's, it's, it's that's I don't know what he was doing with the first goal either to be honest with you but he's 18 he's 18 I'll, I'll not it's, I don't think it's going to be a career ending thing for him and uh, he'll get over it and we'll move on to the next game And but we're going to have the same defence I believe in, in, in uh, Sunday so Aye, but then, I think that's an important point Davey and it is something I had on my list to get through everybody uh, tonight get your thoughts on Um the, the criticism made early on King and James Sands um, in the Champions League. And so I need to be careful here. They are now first-team players, right? And um, James Sands, while he looks m- much more comfortable in midfield, he's going to be a central defence option. So they do still need to take accountability, but I don't think we can just wash our hands with them after the displays that they've had in in Europe, which I've seen a lot of fans of really, particularly Leon King, we're starting to write him off. David Paul, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, I don't think this is the level we should be judging both of them. I think if you look at our squad at the beginning of the season, if everybody was to be fit and returned, but looking at our fifth and sixth choice centre half, sir, um, I don't think it's time to write either of these two boys off. 
No, I think if, if we're going to play the blame game, Colin, then uh, Leon King is, is is getting a buy from me on this. You know, we're going to the Champions League here. We're, we're, we're at the top table, you know, and that boy's been thrown in there. And, and to be honest, I think he did okay. There's no uh, no criticism coming from me. I think he looks a good player, you know, and he, and, and as Gio said, you know, or, or, and Stav always says, we're going to learn from it. No more so than, than Leon King. So... <laughs> He's got a he's got a big future ahead of him. He'll be a a better Rangers player for that experience. Albeit it was a wee bit traumatic for him, but uh, you have to you'll you have to experience the lows, you know, as well. You know, it's, it's any professional football player will tell you there are probably more lows than highs. It's just about uh, how good a professional he is, we'll, and we'll find out, you know, how good a professional is. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see what reaction we get from Leon King. That will be the test to the boy, not not the thrown into the Champions League. You know, Listen, so. he was playing. He, he was playing against teams like Stirling University and things like that about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, and and now he's playing against the top players in Europe. It's uh, I mean, you can't expect them to be. Aye, to be. We, we don't talk about that enough, David. That's a massive jump for the <laughs> the fifth tier in Scottish football to Europe's elite. The fucking hell, what do you expect? <laughs> No, if, if we're looking for people to blame, then there are going to be a, there's there's a few candidates you know I could think of. Uh, Leon King isn't one of them. So I mean, we had, the other night we what little hope silver lining that we had can have operated in four minutes. Uh, so it was we 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 had you know a tall order. It, no one went into that stadium. The feeling I got going into the ground was, you know, this is a dead rubber. So. And you could see that from, you know, the, the kind of crowd response. Four minutes into it, here we go again, you know, bracing ourselves for, for an onslaught. The, and, and as the game, game progressed, my, probably my wee disappointment was I didn't think Ajax were that good. They're not. I, I thought they were, uh, they, they were not. I mean, we've beat better sides this year at Ibrox than, than that. You know, when you go, we, we'll face Dortmund, we'll face Red Star, Braga, Leipzig. You know, and I don't think Ajax were, were better than, than any of those teams. So, no, and that's what I said at the beginning. You saw yeah. from the, the team, the team that was announced, and you when you had a look through the team, we were, and then more worryingly, the bench that we had put out, we were down to the bare bones. You know, when we're asking, you know, who, when when looking at our, our bench on on Tuesday night, you know, you, you know you're down to... Uh, <laughs> The boys, you know, were guys school uniforms and they're changing them. So, uh, no, but, but we, uh, I'm just glad it's over. To be, to be frank, I think you've already mentioned Mason. Um, the centre half pairing, I'll, I'll give the last word to you. And I think what we were talking about there is how do we dust them down? And there's probably a, a couple of things I want your take on. I, I don't see King or Sands having our confidence knocked. I think we've seen both of them recover um, very poor performances this year in Europe's elite tournament. And um, I think you only need to look back at last Saturday and they were both excellent. Pondo in the comments has made a really good point. The criticism of Leon King has been a bit over the top, but also some of the hype surrounding him. No, even this season, but since he was 14, basically, um, there's been a lot of expectation. And I think we do, I think we do as fans need to realise that the likes of King, Sands, Tillman, Alec Lowry. Alec Lowry's got to come on time and time again and give the ball away. He's going to have bad games. Is that something that we're maybe no great at accepting? 
just just first on the the, the centre half pairing, it was um, it's a, it's a real tough one for them. You know, King at eighteen and and Sands that that has said since he's been here, he wants to play in midfield. Um, and when he played in America, it was in a back three. But he, he when he came here, he said, "I want to I want to play in midfield." Unfortunately, for injuries, he's he's had to play. Uh, centre half, um, and I think he did have a really good game Saturday in the midfield. So I'll give them to them to a pass. But I also feel sorry for them that they've got, you know, next to them they've got a, a right back. You know, the captain well out of form, doesn't look right. Um, and then you in front of them they've got Scott Arfield, Steve Davis, and, and Malik Tillman. So they've got no protection uh, whatsoever from the midfielder. And the way we set up um, the other night in the first few minutes, Steve Davis was in the midfield on his own. Scott Arfield and Tillman went wide. When we had the ball, when we lose the ball, Ajax will just smother us in the midfield. So the two centre halves got no protection, and, and and I was listening to to Callum Davison today, you know, preview the game we've got with him at the weekend, and he said the first twenty five minutes against the old firm is so important. We've got them keeping quiet. Well, throughout this Champions League campaign, we're playing against you know better opposition than us, that St Johnston would, and we, we can't we can't get into fifteen minutes without conceding a goal. So there's, you know, the manager being negative, and I think he's been so negative throughout this Champions League, and again, Europa League, uh, sorry, Champions League, and I know we've got injuries, but we're so negative, yet we're, we're so easy to score against. But but the, the point you come back to there about, you know, the, I actually agree with Pondo. I think there has been a lot of a lot of hype about King when he's not done it for the first team yet, and and, and Alex Lowry is the same. Doing it for the youth is one thing. Coming and doing it for for us week in week out is a completely different thing, and. And, and I think that we need to keep these boys' feet on the ground and they need to come and perform. But, you know, I think I do think, again, the criticism of King has been, what I've read on Twitter as well, has just been, you know, well out of shape. He should never have been in this position where he's thrown in at 18 in, in Champions League games. It, it could it could ruin him, but hopefully, you know, from what you hear, he's got he's got the right character and he can he can bounce back. See when you, sorry Colin, just before you, see when you uh, bring in a young player of 18, you need an old hand next to him, an old pro next to him to help him through the game. And he's just not had that. As, as Mason said, he said uh, he's got um, uh, Tav on one side and Barisic on the other side. Now, they're, they're nervous wrecks in themselves, so there's no way they're going to help him through the game. No, Steve Davis, he with his hands full in midfield. I mean, even the goal, the first goal, came with Davis trying to, to catch up with the guy from midfield, but his, his legs just wouldn't take him anymore. And, yeah, there's, there's just nobody to help them. There's nobody in that team to put to put an arm around them and say, listen, guy, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. And that's, that's a big miss as well. We've just nobody. We've nobody taken the lead in that team. And Chet Sharp's just put in the comments there that, we we don't need to look that far back. We've seen Danny Wilson come in and improve mm-hmm. very, very quickly alongside playing playing alongside Davy Wheel. Um it's, it's a tried and tested method, but again it's just the, the luck of the it's just the luck of the injuries, I'm afraid. Just staying in the midfield conversation then Davy moving on. Um I'll stay with you, David Thomason. I get that as soon as we see Arfield and Davis and Tillman line up Against that Ajax midfield, there's there's no a great amount of energy, but at the same time, what what do you as a manager? Who do you start instead? I think the only conversation piece there would be potentially Glenn Kamara, who would maybe bring you a wee bit more stability on the ball and recycle a bit more and potentially a wee bit more energy. But he's that was his first time back in the squad for weeks. Would you should we have started Kamara last night? 
Well, I think it would have been instead of Arfield because obviously, obviously, I mean, we've no nobody else. We've only got got Kamara and Davis and uh, Arfield and for the rest. And for me, Arfield shouldn't be getting ninety minutes anyway because he's he's more a player to bring on if you're in trouble and you need a goal and you need to, to press forward. I would imagine that was Gio's plan to 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 try and press forward, to try and put a, a high press on them. But Ajax, uh, the, the, if they're good at one thing, they're good at getting out of high press because the, 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 the technically they're just far better than our team, I'm afraid. So it would be, we have been... Re- impressed them early on and it's just, we, we didn't have the legs to do it. No. Yeah, no, well, that's... Uh, yeah, well, Gio said that's because Ajax had the day off, didn't he, during the week. But um, no, it's... Uh, it's very really difficult. I mean, there's better the, the, the PSV and uh, teams like that try to try to put Ajax under pressure, but they're really good. I mean, they, they learn that Ajax don't really take on really technical players, and that that's that's part of their game to to play on, out under a high press, and especially when you've got Steve Davis actually virtually alone in midfield. I mean, Arfield's more an attacking midfielder than he is a, a defensive midfielder, and then you've got um, Tillman. Also an attacking midfielder. So in defensive, as Mason said, in defensive, the the, the, the defence was getting actually no help from the midfield, really. And and it's just, I mean, it all comes down to, should, should Davis have got a new contract? Should, I mean, yeah, we're going to end up back at Ross Wilson with this because this is a, it's a circle and it all starts with Ross Wilson. And he's just the one that, that's uh, that's made this, Decisions whether he, I don't know whether the, the, the they was just told you know getting money. I don't know, I'm not in a position to know that, but it's going to come down as we say. We keep there's no, no point in keeping repeating it, but um, we just should have been renewing the midfield over the last years. So we, we were talking before the game, and uh, that, that's just the thing. We've, we've left it far too late, and we've just got to hope now that we're good enough for Scotland that, that, that we can still put a fight up in the league. So, David P, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, just the, the last, the last kind of point I do want to kind of make on the on the individual players because I, I don't really want to dwell too much on that night because again, it's just the exact same as what we've seen in every game. But James Tavernier is is looking more and more worrying um, as the games go on. Um, he said he's fine. And even if he's not, I do kind of, whether you can disagree with it or not, but I do understand why he's doing everything to stay stay in contention for a spot because he knows as a young boy is the only other right-back we have. There's some senior players not available for selection. My worry is we do some long-term damage. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Do we need to just buy the bullet and rest him for Sunday? Or is it too important to to miss out right now? I think any damage that that could be done has probably now been done. So he's over it. I mean, as we are, as we have said at the start, that's it. So Tav's not going to be facing the level of player he's had, you know, in six Europe and the six ties. So he's kind of off the hook on that one. He's got St. Johnson, you know, and then we've got Hearts next Wednesday, and then we've got St. Mirren. So so Tav should be able to take a bit of a breather. And all of that, you know, so he's not going to be as exposed as he was on on Tuesday night, as and he has been in the previous games. 
So I think Tav will be okay. Tav, Tav will be fine. He'll come through. And uh, if they're saying he's not injured, he's not injured. I, I hopefully it gives him chance to you know to get back into the rhythm, get a bit of confidence again, and and get somewhere close to the Tav that we uh, we saw last year and, and the previous season. So that's uh, I think he'll be a relieved man as as much as we are that uh, that that whole episode is over. He's not going to be get roasted routinely. You know, every time he hears that music, he'll start twitching. <laughs> he's, but the uh, one of the, the my disappointments and uh, from Tuesday was we just didn't seem to match them physically. You know, we, in the terms of the desire, the pace. When I was there at half time, you know, looking across and they they put up the statistics from the first half. And we committed two fouls. And we're supposed to be, you know, putting on a high press against this team, you know, and, and we only managed to actually catch them twice. So, and I'm not even sure that's what the fouls were for. But if we were, you know, going at them full tilt and closing them down, then I would have expected to see far more than two fouls in the first half. That's how close we got to them. And it was one of my observations of the game is that when they get the ball, they had time to turn. There was, there was, you know, someone within a yard or two of them. But it was no closer than that. When we get the ball, the, the, the number four who was up against Tillman was touch tight every time Tillman got the ball. He was absolutely on him. So that and that, that for me was it was a major difference in, in how the first half unfolded. Certainly, so we just didn't see. We only had nine fouls, nine fouls in the whole game, and and no player was booked. So that fun just maybe a wee telltale could be a load of shite, but that's just a wee telltale for me as to our level of commitment in that game. And uh, and the result ultimately reflected that. Davey, you can't commit a foul from four yards away. You've got to get near to them. And they, I actually, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I actually, we never get near them. We never get within four yards of their midfield. Yeah. Mason, I'll get the, the kind of. Last thoughts on um, a dismal European campaign for you uh, because it's the points that the two Davies were making there. Again, it's no, it's not the first time we've seen that, and I don't really want to go down the route of we need to strengthen. Then uh, in January we should have strengthened in the summer because I think we've done that to death. But regardless of what happens in the January transfer window, um, how long does it take to? get to the level where we can compete. Um that's probably my, my biggest worry. It's no next season. It's it's how long are we how, how long do we need to endure this type of performance because I I know we've no I know there's quite a few criticisms that can be leveled at the, the manager, the players and stuff, but I think even if we were playing at like an absolute peak, we're probably still a level off it. I look at Club Bruges who topped the, the group and it's all fine well saying they're an equal comparison, but that's five, six years in the makings where they've taken scrudding after scrudding. Yeah, well, it's come to the first point, the European campaign. The the, the worries thing for the, the the biggest worry for me is Ajax run run four K more than us again uh Tuesday night. So we're not even matching these teams with fight and desire. Our captain said that. He said that after the after the, the game. You know, our manager said we can't compete after the the first the first defeat against Ajax. 
So these are bigger problems than just the quality. We know the quality. We know that the Ajax, Liverpool and Napoli, you know, we knew it was going to be really tough for us to get a win and, and get third. That, that's just being realistic. But where I, where I can't defend the players, the manager, you know, the whole football club is, why, why, why have Ajax got more fight desire? Why are they running 4K more than us? That should be the minimum. For us to get a result, we don't last season against Dortmund and, and, and Leipzig at home. You know, we, the, the players did not stop. So, so what's changed? Why have we come away from that? Why are we so easy to play against? Why are we so easy to beat? Um, you know, as I said, you sound about Club Bruges. I bet Club Bruges don't get, you know, teams running 4K more than them. So it, it, you've just got, we've got to be doing much more than, than what we have. And, and, you know, to come on the point of Club Bruges, I've said it a little while ago about a couple of other teams in, in Europe. We see Maccabi Haifa beat Juventus and, um, you know, it's, it all comes down to recruitment. If we want to be at that level, you know, competing and getting results in the Champions League, our recruitment has got to be 10 times better than what it has been. You know, we said before before we started the, the, the pod, Colin, about our midfield. And how long have we, all, all of us, been on here saying we need to strengthen the midfield? We need to strengthen the midfield. And we've given, you know, Scott Arfield, Steve Davis, Alan McGregor, new contracts out of what they've done in the past for Rangers and just topped up their retirement. That's, that's all we've done. All three of them should have been away and the wages should have gone to new players coming in because all we've done now is delay the inevitable re- rebuild we're looking at 12 or 30 new players in the summer and, and that's that's just for starters because we've got so many players leaving out of contract you know it's, it's you know and that's one thing that Ross Wilson said it would never happen under his watch well it's happening and you're still here so you know there's, there's, there's bigger issues the, the recruitment has been a, not a mess and, and that's what we've paid the price for in the end with this Champions League campaign Well you heard sorry Colin you, you heard uh, Gio saying uh I've just got the players, I get the players that put in front of me and I've got to train them. So that for me is a statement that he's had absolutely no input in the players that's been brought into the club. If he's if he's just got players in front of him, put in front of him and say train this, then I, I can't believe MD takes a job in the, that, the circumstances because I know if I was head, the most responsible for picking a, a team and getting them winning, I would want to say who comes into the club and I think don't think Gio's had any say in that. Um, no, and and yeah, it's his job to get them fit. And obviously, obviously, I mean, look at Morelos last night. Absolutely shocking. Even the Dutch. I was listening to the commentary in the Dutch television because I, I just wanted to know what they were saying about it. And uh, even the, the Dutch were laughing and saying he, he said too 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 many uh, fast food dinners before he came on in the park. And that that's that's just the way it looks. Absolutely absolutely shocking. Terrible. My my issue is with the recruitment. It goes so I, I the reason I bring this up is what you say there, Davy, about you don't know why somebody would take a job when they're not going to get the final say on on the players, all that kind of stuff. I get that, but at the same time, I do want good coaches to come to, come to Rangers and I don't want people to throw the toys at the ground and just chuck it when it doesn't go their way. So there has to be an element that the Rangers manager has to work within their means. That's just the reality of where we are. But this isn't much of a popular opinion, but the last transfer window is probably one of the better ones we've had, in my opinion, if we look at the successes that have come out for Yilmaz looks as if he's going to be a player in um, for the duration of the contract. Um, ben Davies looks relatively 
comfortable uh, centre half. Um, injuries been unlucky. Tom Lawrence was the star signing before he um, before mm-hmm. he got injured. For me, I rated him more than Jolak in terms of the impact he had. And then I don't really need to go on about Jolak. Um, we we know he's he's been a wonderful signing. Matondo and Tillman, the jury is Arsenal. I, I totally I totally agree with that. So if we look at that transfer window, if we were adding those couple of players and having the same couple of players or that quality of players bled into the team over the last three, four years, every window, we would never be in this position. We're now in, we're now in the position where we, we do need wholesale changes. Um, I think even if we look in the midfield, Davis, Arfield, uh, they, they're going to be bit part at most, which leaves you Glenn Kamara. I don't think he's going to be there. So it's leaving the likes of Charlie McCann and John Lundstrom. And if we sign James Sands, we don't have that depth. Whereas if we had the, that approach, we add in the quality every two year, every two quality players every window, we'd be in a much healthier place. So this goes way, way before the last couple of windows, in my opinion. David P, I'll bring you in. Um, in, in that point? Well, I, I would say the 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 it's more potential than than, than end product at the, at the moment. You know, probably only Cholak has actually delivered, you know, a, a probably a, a, an upgrade in quality of what we had. You know, Malik Tillman looks like he's technically very good, but is he a game changer? Probably not. You know, so there's a uh, Matondo, no. And and we so we're getting players here that which, which I mean it, it sometimes it takes a wee bit time for them to come in and settle down, but when you look at previous recruitment windows, in terms of you know players like uh, Scott Wright, Fashion Sakala, are they long term Rangers players? For me, the answer is no. We need a uh, better quality than that. So they've we, we're now paying these guys a wage, uh, and and. And I think we mentioned it last week when, when when we're doing the magic roundabout, when we just kind of rotate them, thinking, well, he's out of form, play him. He's also out of form, play him. And we're just going around this cycle of players who, when you boil it all down, just probably aren't good enough. So I think Gio has to uh, sit down in, in, in the cold light of day, you know, and, and face some really harsh truths in terms of the, the, the standard of the squad that we have. You know, we've got a big squad. And we've got some good players, but we've also got some mediocre players. So it's it's about changing that over a period of time. And, you know, we've, we've been unlucky for injuries. And I would have thought, you know, who, who would have made a difference? Who wasn't playing on Tuesday night that would have made a big difference in that game? Did you say Connor Goldson? Maybe uh, Lundstrom would have been, you know, he's Tom out Lawrence. injured. Uh, I definitely Tom think Lawrence. he would have made a yeah, but well, I mean, but Tom Lawrence, we're going in, in potential here because Tom Lawrence has played what well, played ten games for Rangers, so the Tom Lawrence impact. We're not going back to the tried and tested here. We're kind of there's an element of crossing our fingers and throwing Tom Lawrence in there that he'll do it. So obviously he had the goal in, in the qualifying tie, which uh, was a bit bit of a fluke to be honest, but he certainly looked at, looked at an upgrade in, in what we had. So I would say overall, you know. Our kind of longer term recruitment hasn't been good enough. You know? So I think Dave makes a good point. Ross Ross Wilson has got a case to answer here because you know over the last since couple of years, you know since since Gerard left or even before when Gerard was there, has our squad improved? 
overall? I mean, are we, are we a better level of player overall? The answer's probably no. It's not. You know, we're losing Aribo, we're losing Calvin Bassey, and we're bringing in other players. So, treading water at best, but probably dipped a little for me in, in, in reality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, David, sorry, I forgot where I came here last. David, I'll come to you. Um, just not point there in terms of the, the long-term recruitment. We keep on talking about January. We're going to have a we're going to have a, a squad fit to win the Super Bowl. Um, realistically, where do we need to strengthen in January? Uh, because I, I look at the names where, and when I say realistically, we're not going to go and sign another centre-half, for example, because we've got goals in the land are all in the books um, who are expected to come back in January. Um, we're, we're not going to sign another left-back because we've got Badisic and Yilmaz, um Yanis Haji, Tom Warden's all coming back as well. Realistically, where do you think we need to strengthen in January? Oh, definitely the midfield. I don't. Th- I don't think uh, Arfield and Davis should have been given a new contract. I think I don't know what he's doing now, but I think at the time the the young boy McCann from uh, St Johnson. I think we missed a a go, a go there. He, I think we should have moved for him because he was absolutely brilliant for St Johnson. Don't know what he's doing now. Maybe he's been a flop. I don't know. Um, but we definitely need to to get a playmaker in midfield, somebody that can can spread the ball about. We need we need a good box to box midfielder that that runs ninety minutes, and uh, the four K that makes up the four K that Mason's talking about. We definitely need someone in there, and Sakala is absolutely brilliant on his game, but he's, he's he, you can't uh, you can't. Win leagues, I don't think we with players like Sakala. We need somebody. I mean, even yesterday, you see him. He made it. He got himself in a good position, and then, uh, yeah, done nothing with it. And that's unfortunate because if he just settled down and and got a bit of what is it they call it when when would you but uh, just oh, when you're in front of goal, that's it. Um, then uh, then then. He would be a good player. He would be a great player, in fact, because he, he beats players so easy. I mean, Ajax had about three three times they had to stop him by fouling him. And I think that's something that we need to look at as well because everybody, every team that we play against, they all take shots 
a stopping a player. They they get a, so mostly they get a yellow card, but then the next one moves on and he pulls them back. And if you look at any game we play, if we've got a player that's playing at the top of their game, they always get fouled and the, the, the other team takes shots at it. And I actually done that yesterday as well. Every time Sakala with the ball, another one fouled them, pulled them back. So that's something we, we probably need to look at as well. I think we're far too nice. We just, well, we're certainly too, too nice to Ajax. Just let me finish, Dave, I was out. Because we gave Ajax far too much room. There you go. Dave, see, right at the end of the game, one of those the Ajax boys that was over in the, the, the Govan stand side and he gets away from, uh, the Rangers player gets away from him and his, his instinct was just to pull him back. Pull him back. Yeah. So the referee comes out, and we were saying, and after the game, you know, absolutely mental yellow card. But I said, well, that's that's what they're taught to do. So if the boy gets away from you, you know, and he's clean, just just foul him, just bring yeah. him, just stop him. And that, that's exactly what they did. You know, and the, the guy was only he was one of their subs who'd come on, but clearly yeah. he's just reverted to tight. The coaching, the coach says, if he gets away from me, stop him. He did. He took the yellow card. But that's what yeah. we don't do. That was in the last happen. minute, wasn't it? We didn't have a yellow card in the whole game. Mm. You know, so Mason. there's, there's stuff. these boys are probably taught to do that. Sorry, Mason. I'm Mason, I'll bring you in with the same question on what we should be looking at in January. There was a couple of comments there for Stuart Keane and Positive Vibe um, about, so both agree a midfielder, but goalkeeper was also mentioned in a cycle as well. And when, when I'm talking about being realistic, for me, we need to add quality. We don't need to add depth because we've, well, we don't need to add numbers. We've got plenty of numbers too much. For me, it's a it's a good energetic number eight in the midfield and the right winger. I don't see as bringing a goalie in because McLaughlin and McGregor will be on fair wages or a striker because we've got Morelos, Cholak and Roof all on fair wages. So without one of them going, I don't see it. Where do, do we realistic tar- realistically target for you? Uh, well, it's, it's a difficult one because we've still obviously got the Morelos and Ryan Kent contract situation. So if you're asking me right now, ideally we sell both straight away in January. We get something for them and, and we and we move them on. Glenn Kamara is probably another one as well that I'd be looking at and saying, we, you know, I, I actually don't think Van Broncos likes him at all. I don't think he likes that kind of player that Glenn Kamara is. I think that's pretty clear. So. Um, but but in terms of coming in, um, I think we need. We've all said it. We need a we need a midfielder. You know, the, spend what we've got on a on a, on a midfielder because it, it's badly needed. But the the problem we've got is, we've, you know, January is a hard month to get quality players in. Teams want double what they normally want. Um, are we going to look at you know pre contract signings that we can sign and then maybe get a, get them for a cut fee? Um, again, that's 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 really limited sort of sort of signings, but. A right winger, uh, you know, we've been saying about that for for absolutely years as well about a, right, a goal scoring right winger. But getting these players in January, as I've said, is is extremely you know difficult. Um, but the, the wage bill, our biggest problem is is our wage bill. Our wage bill is 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 too high. I think that's you know that's why the financial fair play is you know is come into it, and 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 you know maybe why we we didn't end up getting more players. It, you know, towards the end of the window, is we need to we need to get rid of players. You know, we've got you look at Ruth and Halanda. You're looking at 70, 75 grand in, in wages. That's that's not going to kick a ball for us um, because they're they're too injury prone. So, you know, Hadji's another one that that, that we've got there. So, 
we've, we've got we've got issues in terms of, of getting these players off the wage bill in January as well because who's got, who's going to take them? But I th- I would love us to go and get a goalkeeper in January as well. But as you as you said, Colin, you know. It is unrealistic to think we're going to go and take someone's number one. But one thing we've got to do with our recruitment, we've got to start signing players from from leagues, you know, that that, that obviously not the, the most expensive leagues, and go and take uh, teams' best players. We're taking too many too many gambles with players in terms of oh they might be good in four or five years time. No, no, no. We need to go and, like Tom Lawrence. It was a free transfer, but we went and took Derby's best player in the championship. You know, that's what we need to start doing. We need to start looking about who who's you know who can we go and get. Uh, you know, and the, I was watching the game earlier in Denmark, Michelin. Uh, they've got a right wing in there that's really good. They're, them types of league, Denmark, Sweden, you can go and get good players there. So, you know, I just hope Ross Wilson comes away from England and Belgium because, you know, there's, there's you, you know, there's a big, big world of football there. And, you know, that's what we've got scouts for. I fucking love when you came on and talk about transfers, man. You always pull a name out of the bag, man. That is, um, you know, I, I started to name Motherwell players and you're looking at fucking Michelin. Fair play, mate. Yes. <clears throat> I thought David was a man on the continent. Um, so I know we're Colin, a fair bit away. Colin, one, Sorry, quick one. I was I was watching uh, on on Monday night. You know that I, I was actually thought there was Monday night football, but there wasn't. So I ended up watching Monza versus Bologna, and uh, Monza, who have just come up from. Uh, the Serie 2 or 2 or whatever it's called. So they come up, they're kind of struggling a wee bit, but Bologna, so they, Monza go 1-0 up, uh, second half, ball gets pinged through the, the midfield from uh, Bologna. Lewis Ferguson, who they've just taken from Aberdeen, runs through, takes the first touch to control the ball, the second ball to leather it into the roof of the net. And you're thinking, gosh, we were playing this boy, you know, last season. And uh, we would have got him for the price of uh, Matondo. So maybe sometimes the, the, the answer staring is in the face, but, you know, it's it's not sexy and, you know, we, we need a foreign name. We don't need Lewis Ferguson and he's all man's a nutter and we get all of that. Tied, we're selling knots about all that shite. When uh, th- that's exactly what we needed, you know, someone bursting from midfield, two touches, one is to stop the ball, to, to actually just knock the ball in front of him, second one to put it in the net. It was it was a cracking goal. So it'll be available on YouTube. Uh, that's, a, that's a really interesting point because that has been doing the rounds on Twitter. Um, that top point. I want to get both David T's and Mason's point of view. And David, I'll start with you. Um, should we have went for Lewis Ferguson, given the money that Aberdeen would have wanted? <laughs> Um, difficult one at that at that time. I don't know. I, I mean, I think there's a a hell of a lot of snobbery about picking Scottish players, and because there are good Scottish players. If you look at any English team in the past, a lot of them have had Scottish players. So I don't know where the snobbery comes from because there are good Scottish players, and yeah, I, I think we should have looked at him. I, I think he's uh, he knows the Scottish game, so he would have been an improvement in what we've got. He's certainly got better legs than Davis uh, has at the, at the moment and probably a better player than Arfield has, has been. Maybe not in Bunyard. I don't know Arfield when he was young. But um, he's probably a better player than Arfield. So, yeah, that, I think we, we could have taken a pop at him. But um, everything's here. Yeah, goes around his family. Yeah, his family's this and his family's that. Well, it's not about his family. It's about him. Is he a good player? Would he fit into a Rangers team? 
and yeah, stop this snobbery. There are good players out there. They're really good for Scottish football players out there, and they would improve our team. I'm, I'm sure that, that there's a right back in Scotland now. That, that by was it Doig or something like you called from from Hibs last year. I think we, we could have probably went for him. There's a good few young Scots doing well all over the place, and we've sort of just that that snobbery, Scottish snobbery against the, the Scottish players just seems to creep in and they end up going away. But I don't, but I mean, obviously, it's easy for fans to, to say this, but but obviously, Ross Wilson would prefer players from Belgium and uh, and God knows where. Um, so we, we need to get that sorted out first and everything right. keeps going. I think it's, see, see when your, your captain comes out and says, the other team tried better than we we did. There's something really, really wrong, and it's not just we we bringing in players. There's something wrong with the players we've got, and the, the big thing for me is the manager. We, before we do anything with players, I asked you, would we sign Lewis Ferguson? Yeah. And you still managed yeah. to yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, out. That was that was fucking impressive, yeah. David. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's I mean you can bring in who you want if you've if you've got players that. Bowman don't try as uh, uh, the same as other teams. It doesn't matter who you bring in; they're going to end up in the, the the same level. We need a manager first, and then bring in players. So, Mason, I'm going to let David go to his dartboard filled with Van Bronckhorst and Lundstrom photos, <laughs> and ask you on the Lewis Ferguson Lewis Ferguson debate. Um, I put my tuppence worth. I'll be honest, given how the seasons went. He would have added something different to the midfield um, based on the form we've had and the luck we've had with injuries. I don't think you can get away with that. It probably would have been a better option, but I think long-term, Lewis Ferguson isn't the answer. If you look at him, does he play either an 8 or a 10? He's no better than John Lundstrom in the 8 position. He's no better than the likes of Yanis Hadji or Tom Wardens in the 10 position. He's no a 6 Um it would have added depth long term, but we can't pay three, four million for depth with that. We, he has to come in and long term improve the the starting lineup. Um, and just for what's worth, there's a lot of mixed um, there's a lot of mixed uh, opinions in Lewis Ferguson in the comments, and I think that does kind of sum up the the range of support. He does polarise it. Where do you stand on it? Lewis Ferguson will always split the support until we sign for for us, and we can actually see how he does. He's always going to be one of them players. Um, but for me, it was a no-brainer. I would have spent, uh, I wouldn't have spent more than three million. I'm not sure, I'm sure it was only 1.8 million up front. I'm sure that's all, that's all Bologna paid. But you know, when I, when we get involved, Aberdeen want double and, and that becomes difficult. Aye. But but you've got to remember, the most successful Rangers teams have always had Scottish players in there. Rangers supporters as well. The, the, you know, not that's that's the most important thing, but we've always the most successful Rangers teams have always had Scottish players in there. So I, I agree with David T. I don't understand where this snobbery comes from because they play in the same league as us. So oh, let's go and get a foreign name, you know, an unknown because it's a name and it's uh, for me that that that's mad. Lewis Ferguson this summer would have been for that midfield position. You know, I know Colin, you said there about Lundstrom being a being a, a better number eight. Lundstrom only played as a number eight Saturday. He's been playing as a number six all season. I actually think if you had Lewis Ferguson and Lundstrom together, I think that's a really, really good partnership in terms of what, what they could bring with each other. And what you get from Lewis Ferguson is he's he, he just, you know, hunt, he don't stop. And and that's what our midfield is lacking severely at the minute, is someone that's busy, 
Um, he, he scores goals. We're seeing he's scoring goals in Serie A. You're telling me he won't come and score goals for Rangers? Come on, there, there is a big snobbery there. I, I can't understand it. But the problem you've got is is from from the start point is Aberdeen wouldn't sell to us, and and, and the same goes as Josh Doig as well. He, he's someone that I would have liked to like us to get in the summer in terms of going to spend you know the amount of money we've had, had on Yilmaz. Um, it's being Turkish, not knowing the language, it's going to take time. Where Deutsch comes in and fits in straight away, so that that might be another one that comes back in. You know, we've seen it with Aaron Hickey. We, we were linked with Aaron Hickey, and mm. a lot of people were throwing their arms up in the air. Well, he's not good enough. Or he's not good enough. He's gone there. He's at Brentford now. They we went for ten million, and he looks like a top player. So th- this snobbery's got to stop because we, we've got to start signing the you know start signing the best young Scottish talent. That, that's that that should be our go to all the time, no matter what. See when, see when you're you're talking about signing a player like Ferguson or or, or Hickey or whatever, you're not you're not talking about signing them on what they've done. You're signing them on what they can do for you, and I think a lot of people forget that. If you put Ferguson or any other player, Scott young Scottish player, in amongst good players, their their game's going to improve because they've got good players around them. If you've got uh, Players the likes of, we'll probably go on to them in a wee minute, uh, Constantine from Aberdeen playing behind you. You're not going to be a, you're not going to be a great player you see, in that situation. But when you've got great players playing round about you, it's going to improve your game. And I think that's what a lot of people think. They, they look at Ferguson the way he was at Aberdeen and not the way that he could be for Rangers or with better, a team with better players. And he's proven that in Bologna, I believe. Just, just last point. Sorry, just last point on this. I'm not Scottish, but we got Glen Kamara for fifty grand from Dundee, and I remember the support being up in arms because he didn't kick a ball for six months for Dundee, and he was from Dundee. And Nacho Novo was another one, another player at the time. A lot of the support saying he's not good enough for us because he plays in Scotland. So, you know, there's two straight away. Ryan Jack, really Ryan Jack, as well with that. That split the support. He really did. No, fair enough. So I think um, David Park, you've uh, raised a question on Lewis Ferguson, and I seem to be outnumbered in terms of um, my opinion on it. But I'll happily, I'll happily take that. Go, coming to you, David. Um, Sunday is the first of three massive games for for Rangers. Um, I think we we all spoke to a couple of weeks ago that Europe's not going to change anything in terms of Gio's position. He's really get to the World Cup, whether we like it or not, that's just uh, the board's position. By the looks of it, for Sunday, um, we are still quite makeshift, and I think if Ben Davies isn't backed, then it causes a bit of, bit of a problem because we have Sands and, and King in the centre centre of defence. I don't see that. I don't see that being a problem for the defence. I think they can cope with St Johnson's attack. I think no having James Sands' energy in the midfield after we seen it last Saturday. That's going to, it's a bit of a shiter. Um, so, how do you see Rangers lining up? Um, probably, more particularly, the midfield, because I think the front three and the, the back five will pretty much pick themselves. My main concern for Sunday isn't, you know, the, the personnel that's involved. It's about the attitude of the personnel that are involved. Because I think Gio has to get them into the room and draw a line under the Champions League saying that is gone. I don't want that having a hangover to, to our continued league form because we uh, we have to go at it full tilt. You know you're going to get a game at St. Johnson, we up there, but we've got the squad, even as it exists with the injuries that we have, 
to take St. Johnson. So as long as we play to our potential and, and do it, then uh, we'll be okay on Sunday. But the attitude is absolutely more crucial to me than it is about, you know, who actually gets a jersey. It's about the atmosphere in that. that I want them coming out, breathing fire, getting it get straight at St. Johnson and do not let up until the final whistle. Because uh, I've had it with the Rangers team that just walk it. I mean, <clears throat> Tuesday night, the first half, when we go 2-0 down, game's over. You could see it, the whole thing just dropped from from even the, the rather modest level that it was at. And there's was, there was just no confidence. There was no belief that we could get Ajax at all. And the, the pretty much, you know, from, from half-time the second half to onwards, it was an absolute non-event. The, the, the atmosphere in the stadium, and we just, we're going through the motions just to get to the final whistle and get ourselves out of here. This has been a nightmare. So I'm hoping Geo sees it and that puts a line under it. Sunday, we start anew. We've got a league campaign here. We're four points behind. We need to get going. So that, that's what I expect to see from Rangers on Sunday. I, I need it. We need a reaction. And I want to be able to see it in the players. You know, and I want us to be, when we're taking throw-ins, we go get the ball, the players are moving. Watch, just what you should watch us rerun that game on Tuesday night and watch the Rangers players at throw-ins. When no one's willing to make a move and, you know, there's no, there's no movement off the ball. No one wants the bloody ball. It's, it's, it was sad to watch. We need players, when we win a free kick, when we win a throw-in, they're desperate to get the ball. They're making runs, you know, on the move. And uh, the whole thing just is, is is up two or three years, not even one or two. It's got to raise the whole thing up. And Tav's instrumental in that, so I'll expect it to, to see. That will be the, 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 the test of us on Sunday as to how much we've uh, cast this aside. It's, there's nothing we can do about it. What's behind us is not important. Sunday's important. David T., um... Uh, I completely agree with, with David Borg. Uh, for me, I'll have my preferred lineup, but it's all really down to the non-tangible stuff um, for this Rangers team, how we set up on Sunday. Whether you want to call it, whether it's desire, passion, fight, buzz, that fucking itchy feeling in your stomach we had it last Saturday. Um, even when we went 1-0 down, I thought Rangers were, were terrific um, uh, in last Saturday. And we had that brain fart against the run of play, which I we need to do better. But all in all, it was a really, really good uh, performance. And it was more that non-tangible stuff, the attitude, the application. My question to you is, after having that hindsight and coming back down on Tuesday, can they bottle that? And do you see them having that fire in the belly for Sunday? Well, it's, it's it's like a double year, isn't it? It's going like that, up and down, up and down. The whole season really has been like that. So, but um, yeah, we've got to listen. We're playing against players like Stevie May, uh, Nicky Clark. <laughs> if Rangers can't beat teams like this, and then, uh, then then we really want to to have a good look at ourselves. I mean, we're we're paying players no what about. Five times what they guys are getting paid. Not that that makes a great player a, a great player with the amount of money he earns, but uh, we, we, I mean, we should be we should be classes above them. And uh, yeah, if every play to a potential and get up there, I, I, I mean, we should we should still have confidence, surely, to to, to beat teams like St. Mirren. 
and uh, St. John's, sorry. We should have, have confidence to beat them. And we we, we need to, I don't, I don't know, I would, I would, I, would, I don't know who's, well, Lundstrom will come back in anyway, so that's at least a wee bit of, yeah, more, yeah, midfield player. Uh, I thought you were going to give Lundstrom a compliment there, that was a, that was a first for the pod. Yeah, I know, I, I was quite, I was quite laughing when you, when you brought him up <laughs> a few minutes ago, I thought, you know, there's, there's a, there's a love for Lundstrom again, <laughs> but um, no, uh, no, well, so Lundstrom's just the best player we've got at the moment, unfortunately, I, I would, if, if we could get Sands forward, then I would prefer Sands there, to be honest with you, or together, but against St. Johnson, do we need two midfield players like that, that you've got to ask yourself that, because hopefully we can go in the front foot, and one thing, and I'm, I've been one of his biggest supporters. Uh, I hope, I hope they leave Morelos at Ibrox. I really do. I, I really don't. I, I'm, I'm finished with him now because it's absolutely the, the shape he is in for this time of the season. He's been injured. We can't keep putting that injury down to his condition down to that injury because it's not anymore. He's just unfit. He shouldn't be near a foot Rangers foot. When you look at that, the, the way he beat the keeper, took the ball past him, and then he just didn't, I don't know whether he didn't have any energy or what it was, but that was absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. So I, I just, I would love to, I, I would rather bring the, one of the young boys up from Lovelace or, or, or Ewer, up from the, the youth and put him in there than, than Morelos now, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, we've got to play the way we played against Aberdeen. And if we do that, I mean, as I say, Nicky Clark, Stevie May, uh, although Stevie May physically will probably give the Sands and King a, a, a quite a time. But um, quite, uh, football-wise, uh, then, then, I mean, we should be walking over Listen, them. Listen, let's not be snobbish about the Scottish players, man. They might be... In January, we might end up signing Stevie May and Nicky Clark again. Um, <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Um, no, please, Colin, please. Don't don't even kid us on. We're up, please. <laughs> Mason, um, kind of final word on you for, uh, for Sunday then. <sighs> what changes do you want to see? I know Davey said about um, potentially no needing at Sands and Lundstrom for um, a game against Johnston, but I really liked how much John Lundstrom had the shackles off on Saturday with somebody sitting in, in deep behind him. So even if we don't have um, Ben Davies in and it's James Sands has to fall in the midfield, even a Kamara or a Davis sitting in behind Lundstrom, I would like to see that. Any other changes you'd want to see for the weekend? No, as you said, I, I wanna, I'm hoping Ben Davies has, has made it. There was a chance that there was a good chance that he, he, you know, he, he was. He's, he's, he can make it Sunday, so I'm hoping he can come back in because I think he's big for Leon King. We spoke about it earlier about Leon King having someone to to play with with, with that experience. I think Ben Davis has been really good for Leon King, so I'm hoping he goes in. Then you put Sands into the midfield, and and then it's pretty much you know the same the same team that it was last Saturday because um, as frustrated we all have been with with the season so far, and and and, and you know me uh, and the two Davies have said what we think about Giov- Giovanni Van Bronckhorst enough, but you know last Saturday was our best domestic performance, so that's what we need again this weekend. Um, we always struggle up there, though. It's always always a tough game. I can't remember the last time we went there, and I actually, you know, we've actually 
you know, enjoyed it. Um, it it's always always a tough game. The, the game we played there last season was one of the worst games of football I've ever seen. You know, the Glenn Kamara goal after four or five minutes, it was absolutely... We, we didn't make a sub. That's what I remember about it. It was absolutely dreadful. We, we never made a sub. So, um, But the main thing is, from, from Sunday and the, the two games after that, we, we need three wins and, and, and anything under that then. You know, there's going to be. I think there'll be there'll be big changes. So, you know, we need a performance. Aye, and St. Johnson are going for their third win in a row as well. Eh? They 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 beat Hibs and then they beat Kilmarnock. So we would be their third scalp. The thing is, we know what we're going to get from them. It's not going to be anything different. They're going to they're going to make it difficult for us. Eleven men behind the ball. It's it's the same what we always get. But I just want to start seeing these players come up with some different answers that we're not getting, especially away from home. And let's not get about it. It's St. Johnson and St. Mirren away can be tricky, and Hearts at home will look to give us a game. So I'm probably doing a bit of a 180 for where I was last week, where I wanted a complete performance and three points. But right now, we just need to get through to nine points, be within touching distance, and reset. Um, and as I said, if we can start building momentum, we have that one less distraction. And towards the, the end, Europe just becoming a, became an absolute nuisance and we couldn't really build momentum. So we do need to start. And nine points is the absolute minimum. Um, I think that's as good a time as any to wrap up, gents, as we approach our long mark. So as always, um, I'll come round each of you, give a wee farewell to the listeners and your prediction for Sunday. Starting with... Yourself, Davey Pollock. Thanks for coming on tonight, mate. Oh, it was good to have a wee chat, lads, as always. Uh, Sunday, I'm going for a, a rather comfortable 3-0 victory for the famous. Uh, I'm hoping to see the reaction I spoke about earlier. I, I, I think the whole thing's key. It's because St. Johnson aren't going to be as bad as Aberdeen were. Aberdeen were almost in it on Saturday. Let's go out and see if we can make Rangers look like Pep's Barcelona because uh, that, that isn't going to happen so they're going to fight and we need to fight every bit as hard as they do so as long as we see that I'll, I'll accept it so 3-0 we're back we're back the man in the continent thanks for joining as always David T yeah thanks for having, having me um, well we've got to match them I don't know what the weather is but you wish the same get the old mud and snotters going. So I hope we see plenty of that, the old mud and snotters and get into them. I, saw, I, I, I mean, as I said there, I don't think, we, we shouldn't be losing to teams like that. So I, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I was actually going to go three, but since Davey's stating that, I'll, I'm going to go four. I'll go above him. Four, four nil. The positivity is oozing out of this podcast finale. Over to you, Mason Stewart. Beat four nothing. Tell you what, they you used to. I need some of that optimism. I tell you, um, I've had been wrong. Well, see, I've, I've, had a, I've had a few good good run this season. <laughs> I, I've been right. I don't think so. Uh, we're going to lose three 0 No, I, uh, I, can see, I, I can see us winning two one. I think it's going to be a, a, another slog. But you're right, Colin. You know, we, we've been frustrated with the performances, but where we're at right now, we need three, nine points from the next three games. So if you know, I take a one nil, two one, and that's what I think it will be Sunday. I am probably more than 20 to agree with you, Mason. I'm thinking 
I, I don't think we'll play poorly, but I think it will be a, a bit of a slog up there. I think it'll be a comfortable 2 0 win. I don't think we're going to wipe the floor, but I think we'll be comfortable winners 2 um, 0 to Rangers, back down the road, and then on to Hearts on Tuesday. So thanks for joining, gentlemen. And as always, thank you to all the listeners watching live on YouTube, getting involved. It really does. Um, some of the comments, they make the hour go very quickly. Some of them that come in there, so thank you. Um, and thanks to everybody listening elsewhere. Until next week, we'll be back with you on Sunday, hopefully with um, a, a very uber-staunch, positive uh, review of the Rangers game. Until then, enjoy your weekend. We are the people.